Hey, Tim, how's it going? Hey, David, it's going great. That's good. Do you have COVID yet? I don't know. Can't decide. Quickly, bef before we jump into the vert, now I'll leave this for another time, actually, my, my thought experiment. So we want to continue okay. our series on the virtues, um, the objectivist virtues, I suppose, in particular. And I wanted to go to the next one, which is honesty. The next one, in my opinion, there's a few different orders that it's presented in, in different places in Rand's works. But I think what works well to go to next is honesty, because it did come up quite a bit in our conversation of rationality as well. Um, right. Uh, so for, for you and people listening, I'll go through a, a bit of a preamble. But I also want to highlight that rationality is the primary virtue and all six of the other virtues are in some way, no, they are derivative of rationality, but they provide additional guidance with respect to certain aspects. And honesty is called like the, it's the closest to rationality. It's kind of like the flip side. So we talked about rationality being, um, you have to like deal with reality. Whereas honesty is there, you can't uh, deal with unreality. Right. So you cannot pretend rationality is deal with what exists and honesty is deal only with what exists. So it's like the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Um, right. And so whereas rationality is existence exists, honesty is only existence exists. And the reason mm. it's such an important thing is because when you're dishonest, it allows you to pretend you're being rational. And that's why it's such a difficult thing. And so I'll highlight to people that when, when objectivism is calling, talking about honesty, it's not so simple as don't lie. It's not just like a rule like that. It's literally a rejection of unreality. So it's, it's much more right. deep uh, and it's much more of a principle than just a rule don't lie because don't lie doesn't really give you much guidance in many situations. Um, and so it's important to kind of note that um, and in the conversation of honesty it really highlights that objectivist virtues are for you it's not about oh don't lie to other people it's about don't lie to yourself right because that's where the real damage can come in um, and so just to kind of highlight the two kind of major aspects of it is you should not allow yourself any pretense because again then it, you get to pretend you're being rational. But in a more existential sense, it basically states that any supposed values that are built on a lie are not actual values. Values cannot be built on a lie because they're not attached to reality then. And so they're, they're not real values because they can disappear very quickly when the lie is right. found out. And so yeah. with all of the virtues, they kind of highlight the intellectual aspect and the existential aspect. And those are the main things that I wanted to kind of bring up in terms of mm. honesty itself. So what are your thoughts on honesty, uh, you know, coming out of that? Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at honesty. Um, you know, being honest with yourself, um, having uh, your beliefs, I guess, line up with reality, right? Your, the thoughts in your head, your narrative about the world line up with reality is super important. And it seems to me that, a majority, uh, a good majority of problems in one's personal life can be lined up, can, can be attributed to 
um, being dishonest with yourself, whether it's intentional mm-hmm. or accidental or whatever. This is why truth is so important, right? And so it, it's even as far, the other thing that popped up in my mind is, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, quite often, um, you know, if you're trying to Im- impress someone, you portray yourself as someone you're not almost, right? You, right. Uh, you're this girl you're interested in loves climbing mountains while you become, you love climbing <laughs> mountains now. Right. And you love, you take on these. And sometimes you even lie to yourself and say, yeah, I love these things um, because you really want this relationship to work. And then you have the, basically this false self that's in a relationship with this other person. So they, the degree to which there's love in the relationship, it's love towards your false self, not towards right. your true self. And so that can cause problems in relationships. You know, I also think that, that when you lie to yourself about the world, about things that are happening to you, like, you know, uh, say you lie to yourself and say that these people are oppressing me, they're, they're hurting me, where maybe the mm-hmm. truth is um, they're, they're being blunt with you about what they're seeing and your feelings are getting hurt. And in order to protect yourself, you create this false narrative that they're oppressors and there's no kernel of truth in what they're saying uh, at all, right? Well, um, you, you're going to go around along in the world as if you're a victim constantly. You're going to keep that narrative going um, because it, it serves to protect you from having to face a difficult reality. But facing that difficult reality is exactly what you need to do um, to to flourish, right? You, th- mm-hmm. There's probably something going on. And we see this pattern over and over again. Like people get into situations, they experience some difficulty or some, some criticism, let's say, and they, they just put those people in the category of oppressors and they remove themselves from that situation. But that pattern happens over and over again. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they, they're going from one job to the next and they just think, well, these, the world is just full of this evil patriarchy or whatever. And I believe that this leads to mental health problems, right? Because if, yeah. if, if what's required is for the external world to change so that you can feel better about yourself, that is a recipe for uh, mental right. health problems. And, and what that brings up, it really highlights how people, I think many people will take honesty for granted as if obviously that's a virtue. Most people just don't lie, but it's so much deeper than that. And people lie to themselves all of the time. And that's really what puts them at risk and what really right. like makes them explode. If you challenge someone's pretense and they've been lying to themselves and you challenge that, it essentially could collapse their entire personality, right? If they, because it depends how early on and how deep that pretense is. But I think that's exactly right. And, and people really right. protect their lies because they also then, and that's why it allows them, it's like when people are being irrational, they're kind of broadly dismissed. But when people right. can clearly, like their brain is trying to work, but it's working based on these pretenses, based on these, these lies to themselves, it, they they end up thinking that they're working properly as well. They forget the lie eventually. And then yeah. like, I'm the one who's, you know, taking the foundation out. And that really, you know, both the relationship and the, the personality aspect validates how you cannot build values on lies. These are not real values because yeah. they're not actually in service to your life in the full sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I, is like, I often see um, people put on the, you know, they'll, they'll put these memes up or these slogans up on their Facebook page. Like I'm a brave, strong, uh, kick-ass woman. Right. And no, nothing can get me down or whatever, like some kind of 
quote like that. And every time I see yeah. that, I, I can almost bet guarantee that that person is the opposite of that. Right. right? That, that, you know, that there's talking. No, well, they're, they're lying to themselves out loud. Right. So mm-hmm. the rest of us can hear it. Like, well, no, I'm, you're, you're not strong right now. You're not courageous right now. You're failing to face its truth. Like you're, you're obviously struggling with mental health and you're trying to tell yourself yeah. uh, platitudes that will make you feel better. Right. Right. But these platitudes might not be right. Like maybe you're not facing something. So you're not courageous. Maybe you're not strong right now because you're not facing reality. You're, you're placing yourself in a vulnerable situation where you're going to repeat the same patterns that get you into trouble over and over again. So you're not strong. You're putting yourself in a vulnerable position of weakness. And, you know, so, so um, I think social media generally exacerbates dishonesty, right? Because people are pretending to be something they're not consistently more so than normal, right? It used to be an issue generally, um, but more so than normal. Yeah, no, uh, and it starts with, you know, putting a little filter on your face to hide some uh, blemishes and, uh, you know, a little bit of Photoshop here and there. And yeah, pretty soon you're portraying yourself as something you're not and you're probably lying to yourself along the way. Yeah, and so what, what objectivism also highlights is that it's a love of the truth, right? So all of these virtues are like actions you're supposed to take. So having the virtue of honesty is really cultivating a love of the truth, wanting to know what's true and seeing the value of that. But I also think, um, sorry. Oh, the, the other important aspect in terms of why it, why dishonesty and why faking reality is so damaging is because um, then you don't pursue the truth, right? It's if you pretend to have it, you don't pursue it. And so a lot of people don't look like, let's use religion. They don't look, they don't care about how the world works because they pretend they know it. God right. made it or whatever, right? And that's a very yeah. like, kind of blunt example. But that's, I, I, I don't know, because I think you understand honesty, so we don't need to dig into it too much. But I want to highlight to people listening that it's not as straightforward as the culture treats it. It's not just don't tell people lies. It's have a love yeah. for the truth. Know how important mm. the truth is to know. Um, and I think that is really not cultivated. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I assume right now that I, am, I have some thoughts in my head or a narrative about the world that isn't line up with reality. And, you know, I, I am constantly trying to uh, uncover that. I, I want my narrative about the world to be correct. I want my narrative about myself to be correct. Um, and I don't want to, um, I don't want to imagine I'm something I'm not or something, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. And sometimes it's difficult in leadership positions where people are projecting onto you and, and looking to you to lead. Right. And, uh, you know, a, a number of people commented in this latest COVID thing, you need to lead Tim. Right. And well, what, why, like, why do you need me to lead and what am I going to lead you to? And like, yeah. And, and, but there's also this temptation to take that mantle on and be like, okay, these, uh, these people need me right now. And they, and I offer, well, no, I don't offer you <laughs> any kind of leadership here. I can't, I don't know how to run your life. Um, so it's dangerous. Like I think when you, when you, especially when you're a politician and you have to tell people what they want to hear to get elected, it, it, you start to take on and internalize these lies that 
you, yeah. uh, the person you have to be, you, you have to create this false sense self. You, you have to create this caricature caricature. And the more you believe that in the truth of that, that is who you really are, the more effective you will be as a politician. So yeah. this is why I think politicians are so fake because they, they're not only lying to other people, worse than that, they're lying to themselves about who they are and they're imagining themselves to be this person. And it mm. reinforces when people see that, uh, it reinforces that, oh, these people know what they're doing. I mean, this COVID-19 uh, thing is a perfect example of that. Like these people must know what they're doing. They're speaking so authoritatively, like they know right. exactly what's going on. They know exactly what to do with the economy. No, these people are like you and me. They don't right. know shit. They don't know yeah. what the proper thing is. Imagine you were put in their position. You wouldn't know what to do. You, like, but you have to imagine you do and you have to pretend like you do. And you have to imagine yeah. that all these experts are experts in this very thing. And you know, right. they've never seen it before. Like they, they don't know. And like in, I think it's interesting in politics that like in my own life, it's a very important and very valuable to admit when I don't know things. And that's yes. what honesty is more is, is very much about. I don't know this because if I, and if I pretend to know it, I'll never find the answer. So I have to yes. admit, I don't know. And that's such an important step in many in, in individuals lives, but it's absolutely not allowed in the culture for politicians. And, and for many yeah. people, it's like any sort of, um, yeah, if you acknowledge non-omniscience when it comes to, you know, the economy or whatever, then it's like you're a terrible politician and all of these things. But no, that's, that is the most important thing is you have to admit when you don't know the answer. So you have to admit when you don't know what's going on, because if you pretend you'll never find the answer, you will right. not be able to get your mind to look for the answers if you pretend you have them. And the other thing I think it's important to recognize is how painful and difficult it is to uh, take a look in the mirror and uncover the truth, right? I, I, mm -hmm. I mean, I think one of the most painful periods in my life was when I was re-examining all my beliefs around Christianity. And, um, you know, that was incredibly off-putting because it, it, it wasn't even so much the fact that I thought of myself as an intelligent person who whose belief system was constructed from a rational place, that was difficult enough. But it was that I was told lies by the people I love that were responsible for my survival mm. for, you know, most of my life. And I think that those uncovering lies from your childhood, lies, family lies, let's say, mm. um, like we, we need to believe that our parents are virtuous because that belief helps our survival when we're completely dependent on someone else. If we start to believe that they're monsters because they're hitting us and abusing us, then, yeah. um, you know, and I'm not saying my parents did that, but I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. Um, if, if your parents are abusing you and, and assaulting you in your childhood, you seeing them as monsters are not going to get you food. They're not going to help your survival. So you have to lie to yourself and consider yeah. them, virtuous in fact you're probably wired instinctively to do that uh, for your own survival because the kids that didn't do that got neglected and died right and mm. so they're still clinging to the parents and so those, those lies follow us into adulthood and and it's becoming, uncovering yeah right and, and it's uncovering those lies are incredibly painful and they're the mm. area where you can have the most growth because that's where a lot of mental health issues come from is your lies you tell yourself about 
about family. Like, you no, know, my parents were virtuous and they were good people. And even though they abused me and assaulted me and neglected me and manipulated me and did all these terrible things to me that you would never accept from anyone else in your life, right. uh, you're holding on to this lie and that is stopping you. And that, that can be very painful. And so for me, the yeah. painful thing was, you know, I was told that these stories about, uh, about God, about, you know, I, like I believed I might be the antichrist at one point, right? right. Like I would cry myself to sleep. I mean, this, this was harmful to tell me this as if it were a hundred percent true. Yeah. Um, and so it was very painful for me to disabuse that, to, to change my view. And it put, left me in a very vulnerable and, and difficult spot because I basically had to reconstruct my worldview from first principles up. And that was a difficult, painful process. And I was, was never sure if I, if this was the truth or not, like, and that, and that's another thing I will say is I had to learn to that my ability to find the truth, like that takes effort. And at some point I have to turn that off and just like relax for a second. And, and, and so I've kind of adopted the motto of, um, have the confidence to act with the little information I have, uh, but the humility to change course, right. Or given new reason and evidence. And so, because otherwise it can paralyze you like the search for truth can paralyze you because you can never yeah. be hundred percent sure of anything. Right. And for a long time I was paralyzed to doing anything because I was like, well, I can, I can find holes in this and I can find like yeah. whatever, whatever I came up with, I could find holes in, I could find counter arguments. I could go online and see people uh, competently arguing against it. And then I didn't know what to believe. And then I didn't know what to do. And then I couldn't put one foot in front of the other. And so I realized at a certain point, I have to go with what seems the most true at the time and have the confidence to just go there, but then just be constantly ready to reassess and take in new information and change course kind of. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate the example. And I think it's really important to hone in on how important, how difficult honesty actually is, right? Because it's, we're talking about a deep sense of honesty. And I I don't necessarily agree that we can't reach certainty, but that's not a moral question. That's more about um, how the mind works and these sorts of things. But I think it's important to know that you have to turn, you have to use your rationality to assess everything, everything you've ever been told, everything that the culture tells you and discover what is actually true. And that yeah. is extremely difficult. And people take it for granted as if being honest is easy. It's just not lying. But that's not true. Being honest is extremely difficult. And I think, you know, we talked about how objectivism does believe, like, you can reach moral perfection, right? And, you know, when I was both a kid and a young adult, I very much did care about honesty and being objective. And people said, Oh, you like, you know, you'll be biased. You can't actually do that. And it's like, no, I did have a love of the truth. I cared more about what was true than any of my just desires because my desires don't matter if they're built on lies. Right. And, but it seems like, I don't know if it's just people's skepticism about it or if people have a fear of really being honest with themselves, but they would dismiss even my desire to be fully honest. But uh, you you really hit the nail on the head. How difficult it actually is to be fully honest. Um, and I think, yeah, it's. I mean, I it, it was similarly extremely tough for me because 
of the lies you get in childhood and then you buy into them. And I think the process of maturing, whatever age people do that at, you know, some people do it at 12, some people do it at 40, some people never do it, is about starting to dig in and recognize those things and try as hard as you can to be honest uh, with yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so I think we've done a good job of highlighting how important this is and how difficult it actually is. Um, but so we wanted to come at, coming out of each episode, highlight a takeaway each of us would do to try and implement our, our refreshed or slightly better understanding of the virtue. And I went last first time. I went first mm-hmm. last time. Mm-hmm. So you have to go first this time. What are you taking away from this uh, conversation of honesty? Um, well, to me, it's just, it's basically a reminder of uh, that, that I got to do some difficult work sometimes, right? I maybe have to set some time aside and contemplate. I need to not be reactive, perhaps when I'm in um, conflict with people I love or someone else where I just assume that I have the truth here and that I'm on the, the right side, right? I, I can't just be a right fighter. If I, if I value honesty, I have to ask myself, are the arguments, are the points they're making valid? Um, can I step outside myself in this emotional reaction I'm having to what they're saying right now and objectively look at the situation and see if there's truth to what they're saying? Um, that I think is important because, uh, you know, I think it's easy to get uh, defensive sometimes when people are, are critical or where when you perceive that um, they're being critical of you or whatever. It's usually the perception that creates the the blocks and mm. so those negative emotions um it's a reminder to do that um and it's also the other thing that reminds me of is the I, i'm reminded of the paralysis i felt when i disabused myself of all these false beliefs and but i didn't mm. have anything necessary to replace them um and uh and it's it's to not be afraid i guess to act uh, with the information I have, um, mm-hmm. and, and put one step ahead of the other because standing still isn't helpful either. Like just standing there in a perpetual loop of trying to get closer and closer to the truth. Uh, you still have to act in the world while you're doing that. And you have to act with sometimes not all the information and all the context you need, um, to figure out if, if what you're doing lines up with reality, because you, you can't know, you know, not an example would be, uh, rolling up to a fire scene and you're the incident commander and you have to make issue orders and a plan of attack, not knowing everything that's going on inside mm-hmm. that house. You have to, based on the evidence and the, the information you have in the moment, you have to make decisions and then you have to course correct continually uh, as you go on and because you- as uncertainty is uncovered and you get more certainty about things, you you realize you might be off course a bit. And so, yeah. And in that situation, uh, yeah. it, it, that, that's a good kind of analogy for how dangerous dishonesty is. Cause right. if you pretend that there's a, like a scenario that there isn't and you act yes. on that assumption, that's, that's literally deadly. It's different to ha- admit on like lack of knowledge, but if you right. pretend something No, exactly. Like if you roll up to the scene and you make uh, the initial calls based on what you're seeing, and then it turns out that's not the case as things events unfold, you know, you could, it's very 
you could decide, oh, I'm going to look bad if I change course here. My pride, my ego, whatever. I need to double down here. And, you know, yeah, yeah, that's extremely dangerous. That's an example. But we do that all the time in our day-to-day lives right. when the stakes yeah. aren't as high, right? And so I guess we're making the case that, that we need to be willing to course correct. We can't, we have to have the humility to admit we're wrong um, and, and course correct. That's an important part of that uh, operating system. I don't know if uh, the objectivist scholars would like you saying we need the humility to admit we're wrong. It's more the pride, actually. We need to be proud of our ability to strive forward. And they don't like, it's not. I think they use different, they they use the words different than they're colloquially used, right? Right. Like usually pride is used to. uh, Well, we'll we'll have a whole episode on pride, so we don't need to preview it. But, uh, (laughs) But I just wanted to highlight the, the, a slight, a, a moderate protest to the use of the word humility, Sounds but not good. to be semantics. Right. But so for, for my takeaway, it actually comes up from your story. Um, you know, to, to be frank, I've never met anyone as consistently dedicated to the truth, to honesty as I've been since I was a kid. Like, and I made mistakes and I made big mistakes, but I've always been obsessed with it. But I've forgotten recently how difficult it was when I realized my mistakes and when I kind of needed to course correct, similar to you. But recently I've been completely non-compassionate to people who are dishonest with themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So I've really had no patience for anyone who I sense any sort of pretense in our relationship. And that is definitely a very high standard because when I think back at how difficult it was for me to even get to where I am now, I can't, you know, force that requirement on people immediately. So I think potentially I have to reevaluate how I've been evaluating my relationships and the standard I've put where I, I think like, I still think I have the same standard, but perhaps at least the time delay on, on it. And I, I need to be less harsh about it at least. Yeah, that's a good point. Let me ask you something. What? Why do you think you've been so dedicated to the truth? I mean, but since I was a kid, I understood that most of what, like most of what was going around me, didn't make sense based on what people were telling me, and so I had to figure it out for myself, right? So the only way I like, I you know had the opposite. Was it that people were telling you things that? Okay, so people were telling you things that you couldn't. P- I remember reconcile. being lied to by my junior kindergarten, no, but yeah, my, my junior kindergarten teacher. And like, and just really that at that age, I was like, authority figures don't matter. I know I saw something, they're saying it didn't happen. And that means they're wrong because this happened. Right. And, and so from mm-hmm. that age onward, basically I, and there were big gaps, there were protective mechanisms. This was not a holistic, you know, I wasn't fully honest in every realm of my life, but in the realms I could consciously be aware of and control at the time I just wanted to know the truth and I cared about the truth more than anything else um, to my detriment because I didn't even have the the social ability to like manage it properly but I was yeah. I always just cared most about figuring out what was going on because then I could deal with it and that was just uh, my most yeah well, well I I <clears throat> with myself and now I don't know if this is just a lie I'm telling myself. (laughs) Um, But my obsession with the truth came from my childhood, probably from the time I was four or five as well, where I 
was told that having the wrong beliefs in my head would lead me to hell, would send me to hell where I'd suffer eternal torment. And right. so that is a very big motivating factor for making sure my beliefs line up with reality. And that's why I've always now been searching for the truth, right? And why I've yeah. been obsessed with it and like, you know, almost paralyzed by, by it. Because again, same as you, the people, stories people were telling around me, I couldn't reconcile with reality. I couldn't understand how the earth could only be 6,000 years old when these scientists were saying it was longer and how did, where, where are the dinosaurs mentioned in the Bible and where, you know, yeah. and, and like just constantly being a thorn in the side of my Sunday school teacher, my religious teacher's side, because they were telling me things that didn't quite add up to me. And yeah. I wanted to make sure I, I had the right Christian belief system because we knew that the Catholics were going to hell. Those were right. idol yeah, worship. That's right? We knew this, these Pentecostals with their demonic speaking in tongues and everything else, we knew they right. were going to hell. And I'm like, well, how do we know we're not going to hell? Like, what if we're a little bit wrong? Or what, if, wrong. what if our belief, right? So, so to me, it was like so important to get things right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so I guess I, I have my mom, my mom's, uh, you know, religious indoctrination to thank for my obsession with the truth in a weird way. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah. And so, so there, there is this aspect of like, get like still having uh, the wrong framework, but being so dedicated to understanding all of its implications. And I basically had the statist social framework in my mind, and I really needed to figure out how to implement that properly. It wasn't a religious one. Right. But uh, the, the last thing that comes to mind is from a very young age, like what would make me cry the most and what would, would make me the most frustrated was people lying, right? right. And, and adults lying or people not understanding mm. what was going on and like willfully not understanding me because I was yeah. a kid and these sorts of things. That's more than anything, that is what really made me frustrated and cry as a kid um, was like a lack of understanding. Um, Interesting. And I mean, I think my, like, we won't get into this, but like I've been doing investigations into my brain and how I think my brain functions somewhat differently than average. And I found that when I need to filter, it actually creates like a feedback loop in my brain that's somewhat painful, like physically mm. painful. And so I think even as a kid, that's what would happen when I wasn't like, attached to the truth i would like get stuck in my brain to like a really right. bad degree maybe it's maybe we're on you know because i noticed that people around me and people around you in the same situations being told the same things the same lies let's say same stories mm-hmm. uh weren't pushing back uh, yeah. right where they, they they didn't develop the same thing so i think it has to be deeper than that if we're interested in being honest with ourselves here it has to be more than those stories we're telling ourselves. Maybe. Well, yeah. Right? I maybe, mean, I, maybe it has to do with the fact of the way our brains are wired. Maybe it's like I think I'm you know, on the autism spectrum, and I think that's directly well, I, I'm, related. That's what I'm. I'm I, wondering if I'm not, maybe, yeah. or something. Right. I, I also mm. know that, um, you know, when I was tested as a kid, in my IQ was pretty high. I think it was around 140 or 144 or something like that. Mm. And um, I'm wondering if it was just that. I was smart enough as a child to notice contradictions and right. to take adult claims seriously. And then eventually realize that, Oh, all these authority figures around me are a bunch of idiots. Like they're, they're telling me things they don't even know. Like they're, they're what? just telling me things and they're, they're not even attempting to be 
logically consistent with things or something. Yeah. And those are the two options. You either trust your own mind or you trust what you're told. And everyone around us t teaches us to trust what we're told, school, religion, and everything. And yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, in objectivism, they call it either your mind's in focus or not. You're trying to figure out what's going on or you're not. Um, and I mean, there's no theory I've come across as to what causes that. They don't have an answer as to what causes your mind to be in focus or not and why some people it happens easier or not. Right. But it's definitely bashed out of many people, right? Kids tend to care more about what's going on, understanding it. Um, and then we're told, oh, don't worry about that. And that seems to be directly linked to not questioning authority figures and these sorts of things. But yeah, it's been, it was a vivid issue for me ever since I was a kid, like questioning why I was even going to school, why grades mattered at all. And like, right. um, yeah. Would, would it help if let's say that uh, intelligence or uh, ability to cognitively process, let's say, um, were a major factor in this and uh, you just have an above average ability. You're just smarter than most people in that you're able to, to cognitively process things faster than most people, you know, just takes them a little bit more time to get there. Um, or maybe they just don't have the, the horsepower to get there. Um, would it, would that give you more compassion for people um, not being so, true to themselves or something? So I actually think the opposite is true. And that's objectivism holds that as well, that you do not need to be smart to be moral. These are decisions you make. And I found recently, I used to hold the premise that I, I held people with that I deemed or I thought had lower intelligence. I held them more in contempt. Whereas now those people I find to be more honest, I find them to be more willing to face their own limits, you know, their awareness of things. And it's often my more intelligent friends who uh, I get frustrated with because they lie right. to themselves. So if anything, yes. I would say smarter people have a better ability to trick their own brain, right? It, like that could be a way of thinking of it as well. But I don't yeah. think the two are necessarily related. But my experience has been the opposite. As I've become more objectivist, as I've become more compassionate, both. Right. Um, and I think the two are related. But um, well, that's true. You I've, can come up with more sophisticated stories to tell right. uh, that close all the holes when you're, I mean, think Whereas, about uh, yeah, the 9-11 attackers. So they were all university educated people, right? They weren't some backwater goat. goat right, herders. exactly. They, they can, were all highly intelligent people who fooled themselves into believing they were going to get 72 virgins or something. Yeah. So I don't think there's like a direct connection between, or not that I mean this, I don't have any reason to believe between and I know I mean I was as smart as I am now five years ago and I sure as hell had a lot of lies I was telling myself right right that's fair okay cool good all right thanks Tim thank you David